Grace and peace are yours through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Usually at the scene of a crime, the investigators are looking for fingerprints. And from those fingerprints, they can usually find some identity as to maybe who was the perpetrator of the crime. But what does that fingerprint say about you? Now, it doesn't give a whole lot of information, that is the fingerprint, but it does identify us. We know that they are unique. I also heard recently that fingerprints can wear out over time. So that maybe the older you get, it doesn't really identify you anymore. Well, what does that fingerprint say about you in regard to the cross? People love to boast. They'll boast about all sorts of things, maybe their accomplishments, good things that are happening in their lives. They also like to boast about uh, their sports teams or maybe what their kids are doing. People just love to boast, like this guy. He just wants everyone to know how great he is. Now, normally we don't like it when people boast, especially about themselves. And we usually teach our kids it's not good to boast or to brag. But today there is something we can boast about, and that is the cross. The Apostle Paul did that. When at the end of his letter to the Galatians, he talked about who we are, the identity that we have in Christ. And he wrote these words, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So in our last message now in this series entitled CSI, Cross-Scene Investigations, today we want to give the final report, the conclusion, the result, the next thing, and that is our boast in the cross. Now, it may seem a little strange to boast about something like a cross. It certainly must have seemed strange to those people of the first century when Christians are holding up the cross as a sign of of victory, and when they're talking about how their God died on a cross, because the cross was simply an instrument of torture and death. I mean, think how strange it would sound today if we went around and saying, yeah, I love the electric chair. Or, did you see the guillotine that's in my church? We worship at the guillotine. Would seem very odd, wouldn't it? But yet, when we really look carefully at the cross, as we have in this cross-scene investigation, we see reasons why we boast about the cross. There are three of them. The first one is the person who was on that cross. Paul said, I will boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't the object of the cross itself, but the person who was on there. Those four little words are packed with some powerful truths starting with that little word, our. It's a possessive adjective. It means it's for us. He's our 
Lord. All of us. For Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And so we can claim him as our Savior. Paul calls him his Lord. That meant his his master, his overseer. The one who bought him as a slave. Indeed, Jesus redeemed him, bought him back from possession of the devil, from control of sin, from that result and result of death. When he says Jesus, he's reminding us of who that man was on the cross. Jesus is the name that was given to God's Son who came into this world as a human being, and it means Savior. Jesus is the Savior. He's the one who put himself in our place to suffer that wrath of God that should have been ours for our sin. He is the Christ. That's his title, which means he's the anointed one, the one appointed by God, the one who'd been promised for centuries, the one who was in God's plan forever to be the Messiah. That's why we boast about the cross. Certainly, they must have seen hundreds of crucifixions or crosses up throughout the Roman Empire. And their first thought would be towards somebody who was a criminal, somebody who had rebelled against the government. And indeed, there probably was a sense of fear, too, when they saw those crosses. We better obey. We better submit to the Roman government, or that would be our fate. But Paul boasts in the cross, because the one who died is also the one who rose again. Now, when we talk about people boasting, again, generally we think people boasting about themselves, their accomplishments and such. And Paul said he could do that if he really needed to. He could tell us just what a wonderful Jew he was, so advanced beyond everybody else in his class. But he said all of that means nothing when you compare it to Jesus, who died and rose, and that became his boast. Listen to how he described that in Philippians chapter 3. But whatever were gains to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. That's what he's boasting about. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. Though the cross was a sure sign of death. For Christians, it's a sure sign of life. Because of what it has done. There is a power in that cross And that's why we boast about it. Not the power of humans over other humans, but the power of God. Now, to the world, that's hard to see and hard to understand. 
But in God's perfect wisdom, it's the perfect plan. Listen how Paul describes that power at work. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The cross is indeed the wisdom of God. Now that may seem foolish to the world. Paul said it was foolish to the Greeks. You know, the Greeks had all their philosophers. They had all these great ideas about what they could do and, and how they could live forever and, and how that, they could be the best person here. It seems foolish that, that a, a God would come and, and die for the people and that's how you get eternal life. It didn't make sense. But that's the wisdom of God that one who would be the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the whole world so that those in the world would not have to die. And to the Jews, the, the cross was weakness because they wanted to stand up to the Romans. They wanted to show that they were powerful. They wanted to show that they could accomplish getting to heaven on their own. They could please God by what they have done. They could earn his favor. Being put to death on a cross as a criminal? How is that power? But that was God's power, to put an end to the curse of sin by cursing one in our place, to put an end to death by having that one who died rise again. The cross is the wisdom and the power of God because it saves. That's how we are rescued. The result of this crime scene investigation is clear. One died for all so that all may live. And not just in heaven, but to live now. It changes our lives now. Paul in Galatians referred to that. He said, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The cross transforms us. It saves us forever. And that starts today in our life. You know, people generally think that it's good to have some religion in your life. That it can, you know, pick you up when you're down. It can keep you guided in life on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Philosophers in the past have talked about it. Doctors and psychologists today will say it's good if somebody is spiritual that can help them in, in their healing but if it's just a generic spirituality, if it's not a belief in the power of the cross, it does no good. You see, if you leave out the cross, 
you've lost because it's the cross that saves. That's the whole purpose of the cross, to bring us back to God, to give us that atonement, that at-one-ment that we need with God. Whereas our sins have separated us from God, the cross unites us with God. Now, sometimes people might say, you know, I just need to ask God to forgive me, and it'll be fine. Well, just our asking isn't what gets us forgiveness. It's the cross that gives us forgiveness. Our asking must be with faith in Jesus. The scriptures tell us without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Christ shed his blood for us. And so it's to that that we cling. Paul reminded us that it's because of the grace of God that we repent. He wrote in Romans 2, do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience? not realizing that it's God's kindness that's intended to lead you to repentance. In other words, we repent because we know God forgives. Since we are at one with God, we have assurance then for this life, assurance that everything that happens is all shaped from the cross any trials we go through, any crosses we bear, they've been blessed already by the cross. So they are not God's anger against us. They are not God's punishment toward us, but God's loving way of drawing us closer to him. We have assurance of every blessing from God and eternal life because of the cross. That person and that power gives it that purpose. So we're talking about boasting. You probably have things you boast about or are proud about. Is the cross one of them? Now we might say, well, sure, look, we've got crosses all over our church. Sometimes people wear crosses as jewelry but it needs to go farther, deeper than that. You recognize this symbol here is what we call the Luther's seal. It's a, a symbol that he came up with to summarize the main point, the main message of the scriptures. And that first part starts with the cross. Look at what he said. There is first to be a cross, black, and placed in a heart, which should be of its natural color, so that I myself should be reminded that faith in the crucified saves us. Even though it's a black cross, which mortifies and should also hurt us, yet it leaves the heart its natural color and does not ruin nature. That is, the cross does not kill, but keeps man alive. Just as Luther placed that cross into that heart on that seal, the question is for us, is the cross in your heart? In conclusion to our cross scene investigation, that's where we want to see the cross live on. 
But sometimes there's so many things in our life that cover over it. So many things that can crowd it out. So many other things that seem to be more important and, and more valuable to us. That we don't take time for the cross. We don't go to the cross. We don't hold to the cross. Instead, we, we go to other things for help, for enjoyment, for assurance. But it's the cross that will drive out all of those other things. Because it's only the cross that gives life. It's only the cross that brings us back to God. It's only the cross that gives eternal life. So what should we do at the end of this investigation? Keep the cross. Don't make it a, a cold case situation where it's tucked away in some box and you'll pull it out sometime when you're interested. No, keep it there in your heart every day. The cross gives life, and that's why we boast. Now, how should we boast? Well, recognizing the importance of that message and that that cross is for the world, let's tell the world about the cross. Let's share it, starting here in our church. That is our purpose. We know from our mission statement, found every Sunday in your bulletins, that by the grace of God, we want to know his grace in Christ. We want to grow in that faith, love, and service, and then go out into the community and the world with that message. So every program that we have, every organization that goes on here, must always come back to that purpose, the cross and making it our boast. As you know, one of the most active programs we have here at our church is our schools, K through 12. And I know that you don't get to see it, most of you don't get to see it uh, the way I do, or the teachers, or the students who are there. But it's very clear what this school stands for. Jesus is Savior. If you, you were to come on a Friday morning and sit in here with chapel, with all the kids singing their heart out to God. And then when it comes time to pray, they all fold their hands and bow their heads because they know they're talking to their Savior who loves them. Our community needs that message. I know we're getting upset by the way things are going on in the world. The immorality, the violence, the self-centeredness, the putting down of others and the boasting of self. There's one thing that can fix it, and we have it, and the world needs it, and that's the cross. And so let's not hold back in taking our message and sharing it with this community and with this world, because they need it. Now the question then is always how. The word how there is in the word show. Show it, starting by acting on your faith. As we heard in our scripture reading this morning, the Apostle Paul reminded us that it's the love of Christ that compels us to share that message with others, a love for us that he has for all people. So let's act on that faith. 
In fact, the Apostle James said, someone will say, well, you have faith and I have deeds. Well, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. So let's put our faith into action and let's serve. There's so many different opportunities here to serve. You'll hear one a little bit later about Easter for Kids coming up and the need for helpers. But that goes on throughout the whole year. We have so many opportunities to serve. And I know people are busy. I know. But as they say, many hands make work light. And so when we all come together and help, we can all make that boast much louder to our world. Now, sometimes it might seem that what we do is kind of insignificant. Let me use the example of a little seed that seems so insignificant. Yet, when it's planted, look what can come out of it. Life, maybe a big tree. One of our members, in response to this series on the crosses, wrote a poem about the cross, starting as a seed. He shared it with me, and now I want to share it with you. He entitled it, The Seed of Salvation. Look at this tree, so green and tall, its branches strong and stout. No harm it brings to anything, just shade where birds hang out. Yet someone comes to chop it down and cleave its branches clean. The purpose now is taking form. Their goal is not serene. This cross of wood grew from a seed which fell from a limb above, then shaped by the hands of man to hold the Son of God. A perfect life is crucified. By law, there was no reason, but on that day was cleansed away all sins by man since Eden. That cross is gone, and Christ is risen. He will return again. It was a seed that became a tree which held our path to heaven. God has given you a seed the seed of the message of the gospel. And God has given you time and talents and resources to plant that seed, water it, and watch it grow. In one of my junk emails this week, I had one that said, the 10 things pastors love to hear at church. Here was the number 10 statement. It's not about me, it's about God. May that be our boast, the cross of Jesus Christ. It's all about him. Amen.